Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dear Writer. Today we're recording episode 69 and it's another one of our culture and creativity episodes. And today we're actually going to be trying some blackout poetry, which I've never tried before. So it should be interesting and also interesting because again, it's poetry and Sarah and I always have (laughs) issues when it comes to poetry. So we'll see how it goes, I guess. (laughs) I have to say blackout poetry is one form of poetry that I really enjoy and I forgot how much I enjoyed this until (laughs) tried again for this episode so it's been a few years but it suddenly you know I was like oh yeah this is really fun I was like why don't I do this more often so I feel like it's a, a type of poetry that anyone can do and I could kind of get down with it did feel very accessible so which is a good thing when it comes to these sort of writing exercises. Well, since we've mentioned blackout poetry quite a bit, maybe we should go into a little bit of a discussion about what exactly we're talking about. Yeah. So blackout poetry is a type of poetry that is created by taking pieces of text from another work, so book, a newspaper, or a magazine, And these bits of text are then used to create your own poem. So usually you take a piece of writing and black out the words that you don't want, leaving your chosen words visible. So that's what we're talking about today. Yes, I found a really interesting analogy where they, the person was saying that blackout poetry is like a treasure hunt for words. (laughs) And I was like, oh, it is like a treasure hunt for words. And it's supposed to encourage the creator of the blackout poetry to look more deeply into already written pieces of text and discover new stories or messages. So basically, we're taking an already existing story and turning it into a more visual new one. I saw some people saying that blackout poetry was also a very low pressure writing exercise, which can result in really surprising and interesting and appealing art. So I liked that. And so far, well, I guess I'll get into a bit more, but from trying it, it was fairly low pressure and very accessible. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree. And I thought I'd mention briefly just how to create it. I don't know if Ashley used exactly the same method. I just jumped in and tried it. So (laughs) yeah, my husband supplied me with a sheet of instructions, which kind of helped considering I hadn't done it for a few years, but because he's kind of shared it with other people. He was really enthusiastic about it at one point. So the instructions I had were as follows. So number one, using a pencil, circle interesting words or phrases. Two, next, look for words to link the words and phrases that you've circled. And without using the story already in the text, try to create a series of images that tell a new story and three less is more don't create sentences only use words necessary to create an image and lastly four once you have your poem use a sharpie to block out the remaining text so 
that was kind of what I used, although I'm not sure whether I really succeeded, which we'll talk about <laughs> a little bit later. I don't even think I used any of those steps in that order at all. I just went through, I started reading, I'm like, oh, that's an interesting word. And then I'd block everything out up to that word. So, and then I'd go keep reading like oh that's an interesting word and then like block the rest of it out so it kind of like formed as I went and there was no editing process okay so so yeah two different ways for yeah Yeah. we'll see how that turns out well it's a little bit more risky because there was no ability to like backtrack yes yes it's a bit more risky a bit harder to do I would imagine but still fun (laughs) yeah it was it was interesting so I guess I kind of talked about this before. The next thing we're just going to mention whether we'd done it before or heard about it. I've never tried it, but, you know, it seemed really fun. And actually one of the books that I reviewed for our Talking Shop episodes was from a author who basically does this for a living. So I had come across it once before. Um, what about you, Sarah? As I said, I had kind of done it a few years ago, but I'm definitely out of practice. <laughs> And I would say that some of my older ones are probably much better, but I still stuck with the exercise because I wanted it fresh in my mind and to see what I could create. Okay, so I thought maybe we could, do you reckon, we wrote two poems each, correct? Yes. (laughs) All right, do we want to do like alternate, like one at a time each and kind of talk about whatever the article was that we used and then the poem that came out of it and then kind of at the end go over it or should we just one person do both and then talk about how they found it we can alternate maybe all right well I can go first so my first poem came from a in, an interior design article in the Bay of Plenty Times which was called mood busting colors to inspire and invigorate so I hope you enjoy my poem Encourage joy and happiness. Colors. Make us happier. Joy the way you react to the colors around you. Bleeding pink and apricot. Green, always serene. Blush and green make perfect partners. Empower us. Provide a sense of hope. Pink, always evoking hopefulness. Deep blues securing us in their night. Colors create soulful energy. (laughs) So that was my first poem. Obviously, the color theme came through quite strong. Yeah. Um, But I don't know if there was going to be any way to get around the fact that it was going to be a poem about colors when literally the whole article was just different colors. You do get a little bit restricted by the text. And that's something that my husband kind of said to me as I was doing this. To be honest, it was a little bit last minute. I was doing it this morning before the episode. Like, shoot, I better quickly do some blackout poetry. And he he kind of said, you know, if you choose, you begin to recognize, like, when you look at a page, what is going to have, like, some interesting visual images on it that you can use to create a really interesting poem. Whereas if you just sort of grab any random thing, it can end up a little bit strange. (laughs) That is what I did. I just picked the first two articles. I went to the back and went like towards the front and did the first two that I came across. (laughs) I still think it's a good exercise. And in some ways it's more challenging to, to just grab one that you don't have 
a particular connection with and see what you can create. So I think there's benefits of that. But if you want to do a really nice work of art kind of piece, you may (laughs) want to select, be a bit more selective with it. Yeah, it probably would have helped, although I didn't really know what I was doing. So probably next time I would be a bit more choosy with which with the articles that I picked. But did you want to do your your first poem, Sarah? Yeah. So I used, um, rather than newspaper articles, I decided to use pages that had been photocopied from books. And again, kind of what we were saying about being selective, the first one was from a children's book, which... Uh, my husband was kind of like, yeah, it's hard to get good imagery with the children's books, but I actually like this one better than potentially the other ones. So I think it came out kind of interesting. It's just a random book, but it's by the name of Joey Becomes a Man by Kevin Sylvester. And I'm going to put the poems up on the blog post that goes with the podcasts. Uh, So if you want to have a look at how they turned out then you can kind of go to there but I will say that I because I was doing it in a little bit of a rush I accidentally blacked out or nearly blacked out a word in this poem and I did accidentally black out a word that I intended to use in the next poem too (laughs) (laughs) so if you see that it doesn't quite match that's kind of why (laughs) because I was like no no I need that word so you do have to be a little bit careful (laughs) right Pretend government. He voted for himself. Wearing his father's old sweatbands, I saw him become a man. He gave me the shakes. The bee stung. Everybody in major agony. He was a rat. He was a man. (laughs) So that's my first one. I like it. Interesting. (laughs) It is interesting. Sorry, I can see your... um the picture of your one the one that I nearly blacked out yeah a little like (laughs) sliver that I've left I was like oh no (laughs) I needed that word yeah it was the stung that nearly got blacked out (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that was my first attempt and even though it came from a child's book I think it's got some adult themes in there (laughs) yeah I was about to say I think from a from a children's book like you might not have guessed it from the poem if you weren't told what the text was which is quite interesting yeah it's quite a hefty topic that's come out of that (laughs) yeah and now I'm like curious like what was going on in that story that had all these words it was about like a kid who like the they were learning about governments in their school class or something but then like his friend he kind of put him in high esteem his friend becoming a man and how his friend voted himself like the president or something. And then he got stung by a bee and was completely fearless or something was basically ah, the right how the story went. And everybody was amazed. But I've obviously like reorganized the word so it tells a different yeah. story of a sounds very Trump like. <laughs> did sound, the start did sound very Trump-like and I was about to say hilariously my second poem was very like governmenty as well <laughs> it 
it's a bit political. You don't always choose the topic of your poems. No, I obviously had to work with the words that were given to me. Yeah. Yeah, so my second poem was from an article, an article on the next page um, of the newspaper, which was entitled Outrage, Parliament's Closure Hits Freedom. And the byline was Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern forced to reopen Parliament. And this is my poem. So, outrage, freedom, times of uncertainty, a double-edged sword, shut, closed, excuses. Their first priority, freedom of speech. Mistakes, excuses, questions. What do you think? That's my next poem. I really like that one. It's very interesting. Yeah, it was quite interesting. I wasn't intending on doing a a politically poem. I've never written a political poem before, to be fair. Yeah. (laughs) But it is what was created, I suppose. Yeah. It was good. This is quite an interesting, I guess, like when you see the pictures of it, it's a bit of an interesting shaped one. Right. Yeah. Especially because the what do you think comes from the like linked questions to the editor bubble that's like in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even notice that. That's quite funny. Hilarious. What do you think? Yeah. It's funny. So yeah, that was my second one. I don't know if it was the topic of the P, like the article that I used or not, but it felt a little bit more, or like me getting better, but it felt a little bit more poemy. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. <laughs> All right. So my second one was from an adult book, which I have no idea really what it was about, but it was called Neil Flombe and the Aztec Abduction by Jerry Spinelli. It sounds like a middle grade fiction book. It's really random, but it was because that uh, my husband had like already photocopied a, a whole bunch of sheets. So just selected a couple of those sheets and then decided to use them. Okay. So, the smell grew dusty and dirty. Something or someone dragged across the floor. The faintest trace of lavender perfume, signs of blood, menacing. He stopped right by the door, trapped. So that was my second one. I like that one. I like it, but I feel it follows the story a little bit more than what the other one. I would prefer it to. Yeah. Because you don't really want it to be a summary of <laughs> yeah. the, the page. It did have some things that like were flipped around. Like, for example, the signs of blood, I think, had words after it or around it. Like signs of blood, there were none or something. But I was like, well, right. that's not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> yeah. I prefer to keep my signs of blood, thanks. <laughs> but yeah. So I guess we can move on to how we felt the whole experience went for us. Yeah. So I found it a bit difficult at the start, but that one may have been the way I chose to do it by not really following any instructions. And I feel like if I had followed the instructions that Sarah had used, that might've helped me because I kind of just jumped in and I would like find a word and then like block everything else out until I got to it. And then I'd read, then find the next word and then I'd block everything out. It became very, it was a bit risky (laughs) that they wouldn't go anywhere. 
to be fair, I didn't actually give Ashley the instructions beforehand. As I said, I did this very quickly this morning. <laughs> and it's I was not expecting to have some handy help from my husband. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out to him if he ever listens to this, which doesn't usually, but he might get there one day. Um, but I did find once I got the hang of it, it became a bit easier. And it was it was very enjoyable. And I guess because you only have the words that are there uh, in whatever article you've chosen, I did find that to try and think quite, you know, it took a lot of thinking to be like, what can I pull out of this that's not, because I was conscious I didn't want to be exactly the same as the article was, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. So I was like trying to find something in these otherwise fairly dry newspaper articles, which was quite fun. I liked it. One turned out better than the other, but still. Good. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, as I said, I feel like it was really interesting and I get really excited by it. (laughs) It's kind of a fun thing to do, although, you know, you have to be aware that especially if you're using a Sharpie, the the vivid fumes kind of get to you a little (laughs) bit if you're blacking out the whole page like I was. I was like, whew. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's... I would definitely want to do more of them. And I guess we kind of bled into the next question of how do we think this helps with creativity? Yeah, we've kind of touched on it a little bit. For me, I was surprised at the poem that came out, to be honest. As I seem to be with all of these like exercised ones that we try, because I'm always like, oh, me and poetry don't go well together. And then I try it and I'm like, oh, okay. So it turns out me randomly generating poetry is better than me purposefully trying to create poetry. <laughs> so I quite, I quite like it. And it does make you, I think it's a really good, I guess, brain exercise, if that makes sense. Like, trying to find imagery and then I guess like paste the imagery together to make something coherent and it just definitely made me like oh maybe I should like try one of these poems again so I guess that kind of inspired a bit more creativity in me because it's not often that I'm like "Mm, let's try and make another poem again (laughs) Um, it's not something that I say very often so yeah yeah what about you what did you think I think it forces you to think about word combinations But, you know, as we've said, you've got limited choices and have to decide what to do with them. So if I had to do it again, I'd probably try to focus on the imagery a little bit more because, you know, I did find it quite hard to get past the story and forge my own path, kind of. (laughs) Um, But I think it could be quite a good exercise to do on a consistent basis to help grow your vocabulary and think about how different something can be when words are put together in another way I think it really helps you to think outside the box and I do think it might even be useful to generate story ideas so oh I could see that being quite useful because you get really interesting I guess like little pieces that you're like oh that's quite cool imagery I could use that yeah yeah I think especially because you don't really know exactly what topic you're going to be coming up (laughs) with. It could be quite good at generating like, oh, maybe I should write about this. This really like stokes my interest. Yeah. I also liked what you said about having to think about putting words and phrases together in different ways. I hadn't thought about that too much, but it's quite interesting because obviously you're given the words, so you have to make them work somehow. Mm Mm-hmm which can be really a really good way to I guess, 
practice because I'm always when I'm writing our novel I'm always trying to think of new and interesting ways to put like construct sentences and things so that would be a very a good way to practice and find some real different combinations that you wouldn't naturally put together which could be quite good yeah I agree yeah that's I think the contrast comes as well from the fact that you have a story or an article that you're taking it from and so seeing how different you can get with using the same words but fewer of them is quite interesting and fascinating Mm -hmm. and I think next time I'll be more careful with my article choice although it was interesting just picking two random ones Mm -hmm. yeah I think we covered a couple of different styles of it probably (laughs) yeah (laughs) different ways to do it unintentionally but yeah I thought it was good it's very versatile kind of exercise I guess it does kind of suit like lots of different people and their different styles as well like exactly yeah because like for my first one I picked a lot more sentences or for the second one I did a lot more like individual words yeah yeah Well, that was a conscious effort for me not to just use Chris Hipkins' direct, like, quotes. (laughs) (laughs) He's our COVID minister, by the way. He was interviewed for the piece. I don't want to use, like, Chris Hipkins in poetry form. (laughs) That would would be kind of funny but interesting. Like, see what you could get him to say by, like, recreating his words. But (laughs) (laughs) like, you said this, but not quite in this way. (laughs) Anyways. I think it's probably about time to round this episode up. Yep. Um, so there's still some spots left on our author spotlight section. If you want to apply to be on the show, you can just go over to our website, lindersoncreations.com um, and hover your mouse over the podcast tab and there should be a link to an application form. And next time on Dear Writer, it's our author spotlight interview series again. Very excited as I always am, to hear what other people have to say. And if you'd like to know any more about us or any of our writing projects, you can visit us at the aforementioned website, lindersoncreations.com, or get in contact with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Lindison Creation. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice, and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. <laughs>